Good morning and welcome back to our podcast on behalf of the Student Affairs and Services Office. I am your host, Michael Suarez, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ray Gasser. He is the Director of Resident Education and Housing Services. Ray Gasser, previously, he was the Director of University Housing at the University of Idaho. He has worked in housing since 1997 at six different institutions. He earned his doctorate in higher education administration from the University of Arizona. So, Ray, thank you so much for being here. Good morning and, and uh, looking forward to having this conversation with you. Awesome. So can you start off by describing a little bit about what you do and how long you've been here at MSU and maybe where your office is located? Yeah. So I've been here at uh, Michigan State University for the past six years. Um, Originally, I came in as the senior associate director for the department, um, but over the last two years, I've been serving as the executive director for the department. My role is is really to provide the strategic direction and and look at the types of initiatives that will help our students um, while they're living with us be successful um, at Michigan State. And so we look for everything from how we accommodate them in terms of the physical facilities to the types of programming and events that we offer in the halls and and apartments um, to make sure that students can be successful and graduate from this institution. Awesome. So just I want to just dig a little bit deeper because I used to live in Holden Hall as a resident when I did my undergrad. So when you say when you're the director of resident education, what does that mean exactly? Is that when is it have anything to do with like the residential colleges where there's where they have to live there because of their college? Or no, no, residence education is is just the term that um, a lot of institutions use to describe the kind of more the educational component that we do in the halls. So um, we have a specific unit that com- comprised of the RAs that are on the floors, the resident assistants, um, our community directors that supervise those RAs, the assistant community directors, which are grad students that work for us that that actually have the direct supervision of the RAs, and then we have assistant directors for that unit that really, um, for each neighborhood, help to, to um, focus in on students that are at risk. Um, so when an RA sees something happening on a floor or hears something, we have a lot of support systems, and I think that's really a differentiation between uh, living on campus and living off campus. Okay, definitely. Do you know if when you come to MSU the your first year, you have to live on campus as a freshman? Yeah, the, for for uh, it's a, roughly about 97.5% of uh, all freshmen do live on campus. There is a uh, requirement to live on campus. There are some exemptions. Um and so if you qualify for one of those exemptions, you go through a process to um, allow you to, to live at home if you're married, if you have children, um, if you're above the age of, I believe it's 20 or 21. Um, so. Okay, great. Why do you think, though, that it's important to live like on campus maybe your first year? Yeah, for, for us, um, both both here at Michigan State and across the country, we know that there's research that shows that students are more academically successful. They persist at a higher rate. 
and they they uh, graduate quicker when they start their careers off in the residence halls. Okay, awesome. I, I mean, because when I was an undergrad, um, I was thinking about what you were saying about the RAs and the GAs that oversaw the RAs, and they did a lot of different activities with us at the beginning of the year so that we got to know who lived on our floor and things like that, which I thought was really important um, just so that we know what faces live on our floor. So for whatever reason during maybe, so we were aware of like who were the people that we were living with. And then they did such a good job with uh, like conflict resolution when you have like roommates and stuff like that. So is that all kind of part of the resources that you all help these RAs prepare for? Absolutely. I mean, the amount of things that we train our staff to to, um, deal with, Everything from conflict resolution, because we know that that there's a potential for uh, roommate conflict. You could you could room with a um, you know best friend from high school, and, which is my experience when I, when I started off um, as as a student years ago. Um, but that doesn't mean that that best friend continues to be your best friend over the course of the year, and so. Um, having someone there to uh, help you walk through those types of things. Some some students deal with uh, mental health issues, and our staff are there to kind of direct students to support services to help make sure that they can be successful. Um, some students deal with um, racism, homophobia, sexism that plays out, um, you know, in their hall or on the campus and and just need uh, staff there to, to kind of help them work through that and, and address the problems. Um, our staff are there to hold students accountable. Um, so we try to make sure that we create an environment for students to be successful. It's great. And you kind of going into my next question, kind of why, why do you think that this resource exists, you know, on campus? And I was just thinking... When you come to college, I think a lot of people are like, well, I want all this freedom too, right? So I think sometimes when there's an RA, it feels like, well, are they going to be, are they like supposed to be babysitters? Or why do you think that these these roles exist on campus? Yeah, I, I think for some students, they they see the RA as, as a sort of babysitter. Um, that's not how we see the role of the RA. We really see them as a peer leader um, that, that helps you know, because none of them are first-year students, so they've all gone through this experience. What we're really trying to do is, is help those students acclimate to the university. This is a large institution, and if you, if you don't have that sense of connection to the institution, we know that um, through research that students aren't as successful. And we want to make sure that if you choose Michigan State, you'll end up with a diploma from Michigan State. So to me, this is just one of those first steps in terms of of, um, being a college student is to to experience uh, community living and experience the differences that come from that. Awesome. So what challenges have like presented themselves since you've been in this position and how have you um, like overcame them? Yeah, you know, we we probably have challenges on almost a daily basis. Um, you know, a, a parent will reach out to us. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I think may be more pressing today than what I experienced 10, 15 years ago is, is that um, our students 
don't come and always tell us what's going on for them. And um, more so, mom and dad are calling us. And, you know, I would really encourage um, parents to, to try to coach their son or daughter in terms of a conversation so that that we empower the students to kind of learn what it means to 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 ask the question, confront the issue, um, be a little bit more direct. Um, so that's probably the biggest challenge is is trying to make sure that we're truly connecting to the students and helping them so that when they graduate from this institution, they're ready to go out into the world and be successful because parents can't always be there in every situation. No, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that sometimes, because I used to be an intercultural aide um, while I was on campus, and they kind of work closely with the RAs. And I did notice that it was always hard for students to really speak up about maybe certain things that bothered them. They were either really shy about it or they were really vocal. It was like never in the middle unless there was a mediator involved. So I definitely agree. I think for the parents listening, they should definitely encourage their, you know, their students that come here to MSU to really like try to work out the, you know, the conflict that they have with their roommate because it's all about growing. And I think that's something really important that you can learn throughout your experience here at MSU. Well, and and we're more than happy if, if you call us, reach out to us, we're more than happy to help you as parents um, figure out how you engage your son or daughter, because I know that can be challenging. I have I have um, two sons myself, and, and I know it can be challenging sometimes to get them to um, figure out how to, how to approach a situation. We can coach parents on helping them coach their, their son or daughter. Um, we really are here to help them be successful, and, and we just believe that fundamentally um, the process of having that conversation, confronting your roommate, confronting a, a community member, um, or just talking about something that may be uncomfortable to you is an important part of the growth process as Spartans. Yes, no, most definitely. I, the past people that I've interviewed, they have mentioned how accessible they are. So that's kind of why we're doing this is just to create that accessibility and to know, to give our audience, you know, members that the, the knowledge of, hey, if you do need help, we're here to help. We're here to make the experience for your student as positive as possible that they can have here at MSU. So that's going into my next question. How, how do you think that this resource enhances the MSU student experience? Well, I think one of the things is that we have um, nearly 300 full-time staff. We have um, a few hundred part-time staff and, and nearly a thousand student staff that are here to support parents, support the students in the halls. I mean, I think that's really a, a big differentiator um, we, we're here to try to make this institution feel a little bit smaller and make sure that students don't get lost in the shuffle. So to me, I think, um, living on campus is a critical part of the collegiate experience. Awesome. I was thinking about, you know, cause we have a huge campus and there's so many different, um, neighborhoods. There's mm-hmm. four or five different neighborhoods. There's five. Five neighborhoods. What initiatives have like happened or have, um, have been created for students to like reach out because I know that they've put in writing centers, they've put in like tutoring centers, like in each neighborhood, so that it's yeah. just more accessible. Can you elaborate a little bit more on 
different um, resources that have been put in the different neighborhoods for students? Yeah, we're um, we're really proud of our partnership with the Neighborhood Student Success Collaborative and with Student Affairs. Um, we work really closely with both those um, units to to ensure that living on campus um, is is a positive experience and it's focused around student success. Some of the services that are offered, I mean, we have health clinics in each neighborhood. So if your son or daughter's sick, they can drop by the health clinic in the neighborhood. They don't have to go over to Olin um, necessarily. Uh, there are writing centers in each neighborhood. There, There is tutoring in each neighborhood in some of the more critical classes that, that students struggle with. Um, there is an engagement center director in each neighborhood that's there to support students. Um, they have a staff of advisors for those that are undecided um, and really help them work through those kind of academic questions. Um, that's We also now have two um, counselor, uh, residential counselors um, so we're really trying to continue to expand services. Um, we're always looking to see, we make a lot of decisions based on data um, and, and the outcomes that come from that data. So to me, the neighborhoods is a model that a lot of other institutions are trying to, to um, mirror at this point. Great. So I'm just thinking, based on what you're saying, it's just I'm, I keep going back to my experience as an undergrad, and I had such a good experience. My RA was accessible. My intercultural was accessible. I was able to really, because I came all the way from Texas. I was an out-of-state student, and yeah. when I got here, it was so overwhelming and huge culture shock. But I was there was just it was just the spirit here at MSU was so great, and I think it had a lot to do with the staff and the selection process. What what about that? Like for students who are interested in becoming RAs and if they had a good experience, that's why I did it. I wanted to be able to provide that same experience that I had when I was a freshman. And so that's why I applied to be either an RA or an intercultural aide. So what are the standards or what is, what's the goal for them to have a good experience their first year so that maybe when they move on to their next year, they can uh, apply to be an RA? Because it's a great... Uh, benefit also, right? They get their um, meal they get plan room and, and the room and board yeah. paid for. Yeah, the, um, you know, I think this year we had nearly a thousand people apply to be the be an RA. Um, we had uh, roughly about 150 positions available. So it was highly competitive. Um, and, and we do our best to try to, to try to find the very best of the best. Um, do we always do that? Unfortunately, no, because it's not always perfect in terms of um, the process. But but one of the things that we do strive to do is 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 um, bring in lots of lots of different perspectives. Um, people that really they're not doing it for the room and board. They're doing it because they want to be a student leader. Because it's really a leadership position. This is not a job. It, it's a it's a, a um, opportunity for students to really influence other students. And so it is highly competitive, both for the RA and the ICA position, um, but but they're so critical to what we do. Um, typically, we start looking 
Uh, we started advertising in November, and and by January we're into interviews, and um, I think it's uh, late February that that we we have offers out for next year's group. So it's it's a uh, it's an exciting time for those students that that go through the process. Some of them come back. Uh, um, if they're not successful their first time around, they come back a second time. Um, but but yeah, I, I could talk a lot about it because it's it's um, I believe RRAs and ICAs are the most important people um, that work in in the halls because of their direct contact with students. No, most definitely, and I, I think I mean I, I agree so much with you because. I really do think when these students get here, they're the ones that have the most interaction with them at the beginning of their college, you know, experience. So it's always important to try to make sure that they have the best experience, especially when if they had a bad day in class or they know that there's that one person that they know that they can count on, right, when they get back to their hall and stuff like that. So Yeah, and, and what I would add is is if um, any parents out there are feeling like their RAs not connecting with their son or daughter, um, to reach out to the community director of the building. They're full-time staff members that work for our department that um, are have a master's degree. They live in the building. Um, their responsibility is to make sure that the RAs do reach out. Um, I think each year the, the most common thing that I hear from candidates is that either they had such a great RA that inspired them to want to be an RA, or they had a bad RA that wasn't there that uh, inspired them to be an RA because they didn't want someone else to have that same experience. I don't want anyone to have that experience. So please reach out to us if if one of our staff isn't doing what you think they should be doing. We'll, we'll work through that with you. That's awesome. And I know that you said you all were located in 1855, right? That's a new place. I have yet to visit it, but I drive by it every day, and it's really, really nice. Um, what other offices are there that you work with um, that help with your in, in part of your like department? Can you just break down that really quick for me? I just want to understand yeah, a little bit better. Yeah, 1855 place, um, our entire division of residential and hospitality services is located in that building now. Um, our division's made up of, of residence education and housing services, culinary services, um, Spartan Hospitality Group, which manages the Breslin, the Kellogg Center, the two golf courses on campus, um, the tennis center. Um, and, then, and then there's a lot of, so those are the three major operational units. And then we have a lot of support units. We have an HR department um, that works with the division. We have um, a planning and projects office, so all of our construction and renovations that we do in, in the halls and on campus, they met, they, uh, they're they located in that building. Um, I'm going to probably forget someone. We have a business office that manages all of our budgets. Um, so we have a lot, we have a marketing department, um, uh, information services, all of our technology needs um, are we manage that all within our division. So together, I think I think we really try to check all the boxes to make sure that our residents have the best experience possible. And, and um, anyone that has any questions about any of those areas or, you know, has a question about a meal plan, 
we're there to help support them. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot going on over there and there's just so many great resources and you all just being close to each other and working together to create a good experience is, is awesome. I had another question about the residential colleges. Like, can yeah. you elaborate a little bit on that too? Because I've, I've heard of James Madison College or in Snyder Phillips, I think it's the Arts and Letters College. How do it, yeah? I th- or is it um, ARCA, which is ARCA, the yeah. residential college for arts and humanities, mm-hmm. um, and then there's Lyman Briggs. Those are the three uh, residential colleges um, that are degree giving programs that are located, their offices, their space is located in residence halls, um, which is really, really cool because some of the stuff that they're doing, Lima Briggs has uh, laboratories in, in Holmes Hall, and they're they're actually doing the work right in the building. Um, we have a, a partnership with them. Um, they're interested in, in making a seamless experience with those three residential programs. And then beyond that, we also have uh, um, several living learning communities, which are not um, residential colleges, but but they're also academically tied programs, um, such as RISE, which is the Residential Initiative for Sustainable Environments um, that's located over in um, Bailey Hall. Um, we have uh, engineering program, CORE, um, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna mess up eventually on one of these acronyms. The um, core, which stands for the College on Residential Engineering, I think. I think um, we have a business program in McDonald. So there's a lot of different programs. Um, about half of our students that live on campus are tied to either a residential college or a living learning community. Um, the other half, we're, we're starting to develop some programs to give those students also a sense of connection to the academic side. Too. Okay, that's great, because I was wondering, like, is it effective? Is it, re- is it really working where the students that are in that college and they live there and it's just because it's so accessible? Or is, is that limiting their experience on campus because, you know, there's just so many other areas that you can visit, but... I think sometimes maybe like for your first year, it, it's good because it's comfortable and you feel that connection that you were talking about. But right. I wonder if it just limits them or if it really helps them. I think maybe it. I, you know, I mean, my personal opinion is, is that I think it, 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 it helps them tremendously because, because it, it um, breaks down some of the, the sense of, you know, here's an institution of 50,000 and gives them that, that, those connection points, um, particularly to their academic side. We see that um, students that are in these programs have a higher retention rate to back to come back to the residence halls. They have they have um, typically uh, just you know uh, a more fulfilling experience. Um, but that doesn't mean that other students can't also have that, um, and that's where our staff really come into play because our role is is to try to help students make that sense of connection and feel that sense of engagement on the campus. That's great. That's really good to hear because I mean it's true. I think they that that's if that's working, that's awesome. And then also from my personal experience, not being in a residential college was still a great experience. Also, so just because of the resources and 
how accessible the staff was when I was an undergrad was great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, I've, those are all of my questions. I just, is there anything else that you would like to include? You know, I, I, th I think the other thing I probably didn't allude to, but I, I would add is that um, one of the things that we take great pride in is, is trying to make um, the residence halls a safe place for all students, um, regardless of their background, um, regardless of, of whatever identities they bring to the table. Um, and so if, if a student does not feel safe or, or feels that, that um, stuff's being said about them, please reach out to our staff. We want to make sure that every Spartan has, has the type of experience that, that they can be proud of um, to, have, to have experienced here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for being here. And um, I, I just, I was, it was just good. I was just uh, really happy with all the way, the way that you answered the questions and elaborated. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.